This is Ian with No One Down, and welcome to the Once Broken Podcast. I just celebrated four years of recovery, and my phone has not stopped blowing up. Thanks so much for all the birthday love, guys. Just attaboys and congratulations. It really does mean the world. It's it's crazy to think about where I was not that long ago. So again, thank you everyone for that. And also thank you again so much for all the amazing feedback we got with it. There were so many different avenues of recovery. We got a lot of great feedback. And one of the things I wanted to touch on this episode, because it actually holds really personal to me, was uh, 12-step groups. There's so many different types out there that all offer their own nuances. My recovery is actually a product of a 12-step group. And so I wanted to go a little bit into that. And first, before I get into it, you know, when I first heard of 12-step recovery, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I didn't understand it. I had my own preconceived notions of it. I had my thoughts and ideas, but just like I had my own thoughts and ideas about my life that subsequently wasn't working at all. The biggest piece of advice I ever got was to remove everything I thought I knew about 12-step, everything I thought I knew about recovery communities and things like that, just so I could start fresh and not have my old ideology take me out of the game before I even started playing. You know, one of the best quotes I ever heard was actually from a friend of mine who, who passed away from this disease a few years back. He would always say, you know, the things I know are killing me, but the things I don't know might just save my life. And that really stuck with me. So when I first began my 12-step journey, I guess you could say, I was only willing to do this or even give it a shot, an honest shot, because I was truly broken. You know, I had tried every avenue to get sober. And remember, guys, this is just my opinion and experience. This is just what worked for me. If you have found something that has allowed you to stay sober and be happy, your quality of life is good. Mazel tov. Good for you. Congratulations. This has just been my experience so far. Next episodes, we're going to have other people who took other avenues of recovery so we can kind of get the whole gambit here. So as I said, I tried every avenue that was presented to me and I just couldn't get it. See, my problem is I don't have a drug or alcohol problem. My problem is sobriety. If it was just a drug and alcohol problem, I should stop doing drugs or alcohol. <laughs> and then my life subsequently should get better. But in my case, my experience, when I stopped doing these things, my life got worse. My head got crazier. I drove myself insane to the point where the only thing that looked like it would have taken that stress and anxiety away was drugs or alcohol, even though I know, I know for a fact that it was going to take me right back to where I was. But the insanity, the depression, that restlessness was just so great that I didn't care anymore. I just needed something to turn my head off. But then when I did that thing, I got caught up in the cycle again. And so that was the thing that really pushed me into just forgetting everything I thought I knew because everything I had done so far failed. I failed. And this is coming from someone who relatively is well-learned. I went to different countries and went to university, but all those things, all the self-knowledge, all the education, all the amazing opportunities in my life, 
didn't stop me from being homeless. So that's where the disconnect was. So finally, forgetting everything I thought I knew, I just surrendered. I tried something. I became willing to do something that I had never done before. And that was 12 steps. What I did was I found someone who had worked them before me and had gone through them and had working knowledge of them. And I just asked him, how do I do this? And he explained it to me. And I just did whatever he suggested I do. First thing he asked me was, do I believe that my life is unmanageable? That I believe that my life is unmanageable in the care of me. Meaning I don't know how to do this anymore. And I think that was pretty apparent from my past experiences. And I did. I agreed with him on that one. Just taking an honest look at my life and realizing that my life was unmanageable. And then he asked me, do I believe that I am beyond human aid? Meaning that I can't do this on my own. I could be open to the idea that I needed to believe in something that was greater than me. Now, it was at this point that I really got uncomfortable. Because I knew we were going to start talking about higher power, God, all these things. And at this point in time, I had personally felt like, and my belief in God, again, is my own, is my own experience. My belief in God was that there was a God, he just didn't know my name. Or if he did know, he was very disappointed with me. <laughs> and so, again, I ran into my old opinions and expectations that weren't serving me anymore. So again, he just asked, remove everything I think I know about higher powers, God, spirituality, just push them aside for a little bit so I can be better open to this new experience. So I tried to do that. And then now he basically said, well, based on the fact that I think my life is unmanageable and I can't do this on my own, am I making a decision to just finish the rest of the steps to see what happens? And under that knowledge, I was more than happy to do so. I said, you know what? I tried everything before. I was broken enough to where I was like, you know what? I'm willing to give this an honest shot, fair shot this time and just see what happens. So I did. He then asked me make a list of all the things that I found questionable about myself, all the things that made me ashamed, guilty, all the things that had happened to me that I was resentful for at other people. And he just asked me to write them down on paper. And then after that, he asked if I could take, try to take anyways, a different view on those situations, you know, try to look at it, not just from a self standpoint, but take other people's positions in life into account. And what I found, and this was a big turning point for me was we're all dealing with something, you know, we're, we're all dealing with things. And sometimes those things make us act in not so appropriate ways. And we take the stresses of the world out on other people. Another really amazing quote that I came across was, everyone in my life who tried to help me, they just loved me. And because they loved me, I punished them for it. And that was so true. So true. My family, my close friends at the time, you know, they would try and nudge me in the right direction, try and get me to make the right decision. And I just couldn't do it. And when they nudged harder, I pushed back and I pushed and screamed because I was just, I, you know, honestly, I can't even know why I was just so self-centered and so full of myself and my own ideology that couldn't believe what other people were saying was right. And I couldn't believe that I was wrong. <laughs> it's, 
looking back on it now, it's just insane. And so after doing that, you know, he asked, and, and again, guys, this is a really brief version of what I actually went through on the 12 steps. I really highly suggest everyone gain their own experience with this. I'm not here to to preach anything. I'm just giving a really quick overview of my experience with this. And then moving forward, he asked that I make a list of all the things that were blocking me from gaining a contact with a power that was greater than me. And, you know, one of the quotes that I live by now, the same things that block me from, quote unquote, God, are the same things that block me from you, you know, block me from having a positive relationship with my friends, family, co-workers, loved ones. That's the same thing that blocks me from God, you know, anger, resentment, frustration, self-pity, all these things. So if I'm having bad relationships with loved ones, family, friends, just people in general, uh, you know, I know I don't love everybody, but I can at least try my best to take a kind and tolerant view towards all. And if I'm having major problems with that, it's usually because my spirituality is suffering. Again, my own personal experience. So I wrote down a list of all the things that were blocking me from people and my higher power. When I say God, guys, please just know that it's my own personal belief. and It's my own experience with that word God. That was also something that was taught to me was when I hear the word God from somebody else, try not to judge them based on my past experience of that word, because that word that I hear might be something extremely different to them. So I appreciate your open mind to listening to me. And then moving forward, I had now made a list of all the people that I had harmed, I had hurt. And I became willing to contact them to see if there was anything I could do to make it right. You know, personal experience time, I contacted an old landlord that I had owed a lot of back rent to. I had destroyed a beautifully fully furnished apartment because of me living my lifestyle at the time. And when she asked if I was ever going to pay off that debt, if I was ever going to make things right, I basically, it didn't turn out very well. And so years later, I think my second year of sobriety, I had reached out to contact her and I've been making payments ever since. At first, she gave me an earful and I don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. I put her and her family through a lot. But now I have actually come to the point where I, I've paid her all the back rent, which was a lot. And now I'm working off paying the damages and we are, we have very civil conversations. She actually even thanked me again and said, you know, Ian, I'm really happy to hear you're doing so well. And, I, and I'm so grateful that you contacted me. And that just proves that I don't have to live in shame or regret anymore. If I'm only willing to try and make up for the past, and that was a big deal for me, huge deal for me. And that was just a little bit more glimmer of hope that I was doing the right thing, that I was on the right path, that I was being part of life. And moving forward, you know, the next thing I was asked to do was, you know, constantly check in with myself. Am I lying? You know, am I being dishonest? Am I being selfish and self-centered? Am I not thinking of other people in my actions? Am I only thinking of how situations will benefit me? So staying present was a big one for me because 
don't know about you guys, but for me, my mind can run wild. It's so easy. The mind thinks it runs off tangents, tangents after tangents. So give you an example. I don't know about you guys, but me, it's like, oh man, I'm late for work. Crap. If I'm late for work, I'm going to get fired. If I get fired, I'm going to not be able to make my rent. If I don't make my rent, I'm going to, I'm going to be homeless again. If I'm homeless again, I might as well just start doing drugs again. If I'm doing drugs again, I might as well just start selling drugs. And before you know it, I got to prepare to before so I can go to prison. Oh man. And then like, I'm just, I have just mapped out the next 10 years of my life in a matter of two minutes and it doesn't look good. <laughs> and it's scary. So that's why, you know, prayer and meditation was also a big part of this. When I say prayer, it wasn't the types of prayer that I grew up with. It was my own personal communication to that power that was greater than me. For those of you who don't know, I grew up Jewish. I had to learn how to talk to God in a different language. That was really off-putting for me. <laughs> so I'm really grateful that I have forged a connection with a power greater than me, God, on my terms, on something that I know how to communicate with him. And, it, and, it, and it's honestly something that saved my life. So staying present, prayer, meditation, and things like that, and constantly growing that contact I have with him. Because it was also explained to me that there will be days, and I've experienced some of these, there will be days where there's no fellowship to be a part of. There's no phone to speak with someone who understands. There's no recovery community to latch on to. There's no self-help books to read. You are utterly alone in the dark in your own head. How about you guys? But for me, that is one of the most scariest places to be. And so because of that, I will always be able to rely upon my ability to pray and meditate. And there's been times like that where I've just felt in sobriety, where I felt utterly alone. No one understands. I'm going crazy again, but then I've always been able to rely upon my ability to pray and meditate, to come back to the present, not living in the shame, regret, and guilt of the past or the made-up fantasy land that is the future. I've been able to come back to the present and realize there are no real big deals today. And that's the thing that offers me the ability to slow my mind down by relying on those spiritual tools. And the last thing I was asked to do was to give freely away what was so freely given to me, which means at any time, if someone asked me questions about my experience with the 12 steps and if they want help in going through them, I never say no. I, I'm always there. I, I don't, you know, my buddy always says, you know, we get our lives back when we get sober. We get jobs and family and our lives become busy. But no matter what, we make time for the people coming behind us. We make time for them. And that's always really hit me as well. So I I don't know if anyone got anything out of this. I was just here to share my experience. Please, you know, I love feedback. Comments really do help. It means the world. If there's anything about this you didn't like, please let me know. If there's anything about this that resonated with you, please let me know. Throw them in the comments. Let's start a conversation about this. The more avenues of recovery that people know about, the more chances people have at a new life, at a better life. It's something I couldn't even comprehend when I first got sober. And that's what makes this such a wonderful thing to strive for, to really talk about our experiences because experience saves lives. Experience is the thing that 
others can latch on to. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, comment, and share. And hopefully we can all do our best to keep no one down because everyone can help someone. Now, I just want to take a second to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First one being No One Down Apparel and Hope. 20% of everything sold from their stores goes to helping the still suffering. Please check them out. Go ahead and take the time now to like, follow their page, and let's see how we can all work together to keep no one down. Also, here's the big one. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction disorder, please contact the Steps Recovery Center. That's Steps Recovery Center. Their main phone number is 801-465-5111. You can also contact them at their website at stepsrc.com. That's S-T-E-P-S-R-C.com. Addiction is something we should all take extremely serious. So if you or a loved one is struggling with something like that, please contact them immediately. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Let's keep no one down so no one will be. And once broken doesn't mean still broken.